Welcome to the Double I Show Fantasy Football Edition, Fantasy Island. Islanders, how the hell are you today, wherever you may be listening to us? And I'd like to welcome Bombo and R.W. King tonight here with me. Fellas, are you ready? How the fuck are you? What up? What up, Fantasy Islanders? Hey, Islanders, it's Bombo. A lot of craziness that happened during week one, guys. Just to get into it, it's been crazy. Week one is always kind of nuts. So we're going to go into our studs of week one, and we're going to lead it off with R.W. King. King, take it. Well, I think it's, you know, there's a lot going on. I mean, first of all, it's week one, T, you know, so we got to just throw it in a nutshell a little bit. You know, I mean, shit went off crazy. I think one of the things that we have to remember, too, and maybe tell our peeps out there is, you know, don't get crazy at the first week. You know what I mean? It's only the first week, guys. Yeah, it's only the first week. Don't get crazy. You're going to jump off the building, all that shit. Your team sucks. You know, there was all sorts of stuff going on. I know there were some major injuries. Things happen, and we'll go over that. But remember, guys, a lot of teams don't play their starters in the preseason. They're not ready. They're not clicking on all cylinders yet. So just give it a couple weeks. You know, keep your stuff going. If your guys are already doing good, hey, you probably picked one of Bombos or Sweet Teas, guys. You know what I mean? If not, fucking they're the guys that are sucking balls. It's probably my guys. But, I mean, there was a shitload of studs, obviously, this weekend. And I'm going to sort of key in on, you know, guys that we talked about winning leagues, guys that we talked about that were, you know, pumped up for our listeners so that, hey, we could at least justify some of our our picks a little bit. You know what I mean? So, obviously, my flop of the year fucking blew up this year. So, or blew up this week. So, I'm not going to talk about him. But I wanted to go Justin Jefferson. You know, I'm not even going to talk about his stats. I'm just going to say this. Watching the game, they throttled him down in the second half. He ended up with 180-some yards receiving, a couple touchdowns, and they throttled him down. He had 160 at half. He only had yeah. one catch or something after in the second half. So they just throttled down, knew that Green Bay wasn't going to be a threat to them, and won the game. That guy probably could have went for 300. He looked amazing. So I don't know if it was the offense or just Green Bay sucks that much. But my guy had to be Justin Jefferson. I mean, the the league blew up, you know, the week. Obviously, there's guys that just blew up. And Justin Jefferson was on the top of the heap on those receivers. So that's my guy. I'm just going to say he was the stud of the week for me. No, no. And that's an excellent pick. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I, I'll say this. I have him in fantasy and I was just going crazy just after the first three catches that he made. It was already he was he was close to 100 yards just with three catches. It was crazy. Absolutely insane. Bombo, what do you got for this week's? Last week's stud. I'm going for overall value. You know, King touched on Justin Jefferson. We know Cooper Cup is who we thought he is. Jonathan Taylor's doing his thing. But my stud is Kareem Hunt. That's a guy that you got in the fifth or sixth round of your draft. If you went wide receiver heavy or zero running back, somebody that you put in your starting lineup, this guy's usage and what we've seen from him, He's RB2 for the rest of the year. If something happens to Chubb, we're looking at an RB1 possible league winner just off of his usage. I think the Browns are showcasing what they have, maybe seeing what they got, getting the most out of him. He had 11 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown on the ground, four catches, turning that into another receiving touchdown. Ended up RB4 on the week. If we're seeing this kind of usage from Kareem Hunt, the Browns may not win a lot of games, but these Browns backs can win you a lot of fantasy games. So I'm going to say Kareem Hunt, really surprising and a great value pick. He had a great week, you know, and that's and that's crazy, right? And that's how you look at it in fantasy. I mean, his yardage and what he did really wasn't much, but 
If you look at the value of the touchdowns in fantasy, Nick Chubb had over 120 yards rushing. You know, so reality football, probably Nick Chubb was more valuable. But yeah, what a pick if that was Kareem Hunt and you played him. You know what I mean? If you got that guy late and you played him, I think that was a great pick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a really good call out there, Bombo. Okay, well, then that leaves me, guys. And I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball. This guy wasn't really high on anybody's list. He wasn't on anybody's big-time radar. But from a fantasy standpoint, he had a hell of a freaking week, man. Carson Wentz is a quarterback. Now, I've never been high on Wentz on any kind of, you know, on any kind of board for me. I didn't call him out as being very fantasy relevant at all during our pre-starts. I just I just never really cared too much about him. But this guy had a monster first week, right? Four touchdowns, over 300 yards. Like, I mean, don't don't get me wrong, right? He he didn't look that great. He struggled at times. It was it was fits here, fits there. It it was not pretty. But when it was all said and done, he got fantasy owners 43 points. I mean, the guy's only rostered in 17% of all leagues. That's crazy. And he blew up for everybody. So if you had him on your roster, you're a genius. You're better than us because none of us picked him. None of us had him on any of our boards. And for that, I got to tell you that, I mean, that's a fantasy stud right there for me for this week. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people didn't have Carson Wentz anywhere near their boards. But if you really think about it, the, the talent, the arm talent's always been there. And hey, you know, is as high as Michael Pittman's being drafted this year. Why do you think that's a thing? Carson Wentz is part of that Michael Pittman blow up. He has the arm. He just takes the chances. He's a gunslinger and there's weapons around him now in Washington. So I, I like that pick. I like, I like where they're going. And right now that division's up for grabs. If they can just try to wrestle it away from the Eagles, Carson Wentz and all those weapons can make some noise. I think that's a good point, Bombo, is that they do have a lot of weapons. And I think one of the guys there that made that a lot of stuff happen for them last weekend was Curtis Samuel. Remember, they picked up Curtis Samuel last year, but he got hurt all year. And then he came back, tried to play, and he just wasn't right for a couple of weeks. And they just shelved him, you know, said, you know, let's try next year. That guy's good. And he was really good when he was in Carolina. And he opens up the field for the other receivers. So... I think that's a big part of it. So, yeah, I think that you touched on something good. They really got some good weapons. All right, guys. Well, that was our studs of last week. Now we got to go into the area that we call either each other out. We call ourselves out. And it's just known we're going to be calling it your ass hurts, right? And this is where we're going to start calling each other out and saying, hey, you picked a guy that just kind of shit the bed. All right. So. We're going to start off with you, King, on your ass hurts of the week. All right, guys. So I know this is the first week, but I got to go a little backwards here because my ass hurt big time. Actually, I took it in the ass with this one, man. I mean, what did I, what was like I saying all preseason, man? Was Cooper Cup was going to take a shit. What he happened? Did. You called him out. He fucking blew up again. So can I get a reversal on this one or something and do a guy that blew up when I called him a dud instead of the other way? You know what I mean? Because Fuck, dog. They only threw to Allen Robinson twice, and one of them was the last play of the game. So it was like, fuck, you're fucking kidding me. So I, I don't know, man. If it's going to keep going like this, this guy's going to break every record. I'm going to look like the biggest idiot. But, I mean, as far as duds, I, I, 
I'm just, I'm not going to call out myself, but I have him in so many leagues and I was really high on him this year. And I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to say Najee. Najee just wasn't himself. I think he's hurt. He touched the ball 12 times. He caught two passes and he, he rushed the ball 10 times basically, but he was a non-factor. You know, he's usually Absolutely. touching the ball 20, 30 times, guys. So I'm sort of thinking that foot injury is a little bit more than we thought. And then he hurt himself at the end of the game. He wasn't even available for the overtime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm worried about Najee this year now after seeing him that first week. But I hope he bounces back and does good. But definitely that's my dead of the week. That's a good one there, King. You know, definitely one to keep, continue to look at because of the injury to him. And yeah, I, I mean, for those fantasy owners that have him and picked him up pretty high, I know I did. You know, it, it's concerning. All right, Bombo, who do you got as your ass hurts? Well, anyone that listens knows that I was really high on DJ Moore. This was going to be his breakout year. Going back to what King was saying about not panicking week one, I'm doing it, not panicking everywhere that I have shares in DJ Moore. The thing was, I was expecting Carolina to hit the ground running and target the kid as much as possible. I expected that chip on Baker's shoulder to like really push him to try to beat those Browns. And it just turned into a three for 43 stat line. And uh, I, I fear that this may be another year of a potential superstar wide receiver getting buried behind a bad quarterback in a bad offensive scheme. It's one of those things where I just don't, don't want to have to beg for this guy to get traded in order for people to see what he's doing. He's wasting away over there. Thousand yard seasons with four touchdowns or less. We I thought Baker was going to be the guy for him. Consistency at quarterback, but we just didn't see it. We saw Robbie Anderson blow up, and from from what we were understanding in the offseason, Robbie Anderson wanted no part of Baker. So I don't know what to make of Carolina right now. Hopefully they get things going. But I thought DJ Moore was going to start week one. Week week one was going to be the start of the year of DJ Moore, and it just didn't go down. My ass hurts. I don't know if your ass hurts, Bombo. I mean, really, right? So Robbie Anderson, didn't he catch like a 60-yard bomb or something or 50-yard bomb? Yeah. I mean, you throw that to DJ Moore and he has a good day. It's one ball difference. I, I still love me some DJ Moore, dude. And I, I, I still think, I know maybe your ass hurts from week one, dog, but I think by the end of the year, you'll be powdered up. You'll be okay. All right. Well, you know what? I got I to gotta, I gotta go against what King said right now because, Bombo, yes, your ass still hurts. That's why I'm going to call both you out <laughs> and your boy, Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance had himself one hell of a shit game, right? Okay, yes, he's a kid. He's a rook. He, he is who we, you know, he is right now. And we understand that, right? And yes, it was in a monsoon. I get it. But he did not look good. He wasn't making those easy throws. He was missing wide open guys. I mean, this is who I expected him to be this year. And this is why I was saying I want me no part of Trey Lance this year. Bombo's high on him. I, you know, King was is kind of high, a little bit on that train, but not exactly. But I got to tell you guys, for me, he just didn't show a lot and he's got to have to make a lot of changes and big time improvements because you got a Super Bowl caliber team that's ready to win now. And I don't think it's going to be long before you start saying, OK, let's get Jimmy G in here to salvage this season, you know, and that's a lot to ask of a rookie. That's a lot to ask of a kid who has not played a lot of football. So for me, it's got to 
Trey Lance and Bombo, your ass hurts from last week. I'm going to still blame the monsoon. No, but for, for what it's worth, the, the rushing upside was there. We all seen it. want to say he had upwards of 12, 13 rushing attempts. I don't think he's ever had less than seven. And it with some of the backfield injuries that they got going and them getting it together, he really did shit the bed this past week. But I think when you look at what you're looking for is the rushing upside. Once they get start getting closer to the goal line, he starts getting some of those easy touchdowns. It'll be similar to what we saw with the Jalen Hurts last year at the beginning of the year with some of those growing pains where he would put up a, a stinker for three quarters and then fourth quarter, two rushing touchdowns later, he's a top five quarterback. So still have faith. But for this past week, Sweet T, you can say my ass hurts. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to transition over here to our week two starters. And these are going to be your must starts for the week. And we're going to kick it off with Bombo. Give us your takes. My must start is Derek Carr. I don't want to sound like a homer here as a Raider fan, but uh, Derek Carr was making some great throws, but he was turning the ball over in week one. But you saw it there. He was targeting Renfro. He was targeting Adams. He was targeting Waller. If any of those start hurt, those big throws turned into scores. He has a great game. I want to I take it back to the preseason. You know, he had no preseason snaps. Devontae had no preseason snaps. I'm not going to make any excuses for him, but I just think playing the Cardinals this this week, we saw what Patrick Mahomes did. I'm not saying Derek Carr is Patrick Mahomes, but there's holes in that Cardinals defense. They can be exposed. They can be thrown on. They could be ran on. I expect a lot of screens. I expect a lot of Devontae Adams, and I expect Waller to get involved as well. I'm predicting Derek Carr ends up with four touchdowns in a real high-scoring game. Wow, that's putting your coconuts out there, Bombo. I love it. I love it. King, who's going to be your must start this week? Well, I think there's a lot of good games on tap, man. I think there's guys that are set up to really blow up this week. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. Cincinnati plays Dallas. Dallas is reeling, obviously. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but they lost Dak, saying it's not going to be you know too long, but they're devastated right now. Their defense looked like shit. I mean, Tampa was basically going up and down the field. Just could they couldn't score either because they were getting they were hurt and they weren't looking that good. They got one touchdown or something, a couple touchdowns. But I just think Dallas is not going to recover from the Dak thing this week. I don't think they're going to pull together. I don't think their team's that good anyway. And I think Jamar Chase is going to blow up. I think Joe Burrow is going to blow up. So I I look at Jamar Chase to have another one of those two hundred yard games. He led the league last year in two hundred yard games. I think he's just going to explode. And and the reality, right, is like we were talking about DJ Moore. It's, it's one or two long passes that can get him there, you know, because he's going to have eight or 10 catches. And a lot of them are going to be in that intermediate 10 to 15. But after that, you know what I mean? He needs those big plays to get that big yardage. And I think he's going to get it against Dallas. So my must start of the week is Jamar Chase. That's a hell of a pick right there. And you know what, King? I agree with what you said about Dallas and just the the talent on that team and overall. But I'm going to stick with Dallas right now. And my must start is going to be Zeke. I'm not high on the guy. I don't have any stock in him. I've never been high on him. But because the fact that Dak went down, the fact that, you know, you're probably going to have uh, what's his name? Cooper, Cooper Russ back there throwing the ball. He's really just going to be handing it off to Zeke and they're probably just going to turn into a running team. And it's just going to be a big heavy dosage of Zeke. He's going to get upwards of 20, 25 touches at least. And they're going to need him to be the Zeke of old. 
to even be competitive this week. So for me, the must start is going to be Zeke just because of carries and opportunities. I mean, that's what you paid the guy for, right? And go out there and put the team on your back with Dak gone. But hopefully that works out. I have Pollard's a right there getting is very underused. Does he, he is, have one of those rascals pick up like the you were talking about, T? Zeke? Not yet. Yeah, I was just asking. He's only 27, dude. man. He's only 27. How old is he? 27? He looks like he's 40. Yeah. It's his exactly. forehead. I was just going to say. He's got like a six head. It, he doesn't even have a forehead, dude. He's got like a six head. <laughs> he's. Ah, come on he's gonna have to start wearing a wig pretty soon but listen i have a feeling that my must start of the week be the sputnik dude my look at this head down but i think my 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 must start is gonna end up being my ass hurts of of last week that you guys are gonna call me out on i already know that for next week Uh, but hey (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> but you know what i gotta put my coconuts out there and so yeah you know why not right throw it out there all right so that leads us into guys our must sits all right so who the hell are we going to sit that since since we have some must starts who's gonna bench that we think of or that we think highly of or would normally be fantasy relevant, but you know what? They just not going to do it. They're not going to get it done. And we got to bench them. Who would that be guys? I'm going to start off with the King. Who do you got? Well, I think a guy who was sort of, he was like, you know, he was a pubbed a little bit pre, you know, preseason and the new guy going over to the championship team. And he just shit the bed. Although I'm looking at it, I've been breaking it down and I saw every route that he ran on Sunday. And he got double teamed on 94% of his routes. So I think teams are sort of going to do that to him. But Allen Robinson's a sit, dude. Until this guy shows he can at least have some separation from these guys or at least have enough juice to get open a little bit. Because Stafford's not even looking at him. And if that's the case, then why even play the guy? You know, fill someone else on your roster. You know, I think that that guy's rostered in 97% of the leagues and he was started or played in over 60% of leagues. So it was like, fuck, there was a lot of expectation for him. And I think to me, he just shit the bed and I get it. New team. They're going to change. They're probably overthrow to him this week, but that still, I don't know if it's going to change what happens. I think he's going to go back to, like you said, his whoopee and he's going to throw that motherfucker 18, 19 times to Cooper cup. So my must sit is Alan Robinson until he shows or at least his offense shows he can spread it around. I think that's a great pick there, King. And, you know, you and I were talking, you know, out of the show and we were just talking about him and saying that he just looks a little slow. I think that was your comment that he just looks like he almost lost a step. He just doesn't have that explosiveness that he used to have to get that separation to your point. You know, so that's a hell of a pick right there. All right. Well, I'm going to lead into what who my must sit of the week is going to be. And for me, it's going to be CD lamb. I'm sticking again with Dallas. I got a theme going on right now, guys. And for me, it's because of the fact that Dak is out for at least four to eight weeks, I believe somewhere in that zone. And who's going to throw him the ball, right? Cooper Russ, I mean, or, or whoever that guy's name is. I mean, come on, dude, does, is he going to light the thing up? What did you call him, bro? Is it Cooper Russ or whatever the hell his Cooper name is? Rush. Cooper Rush. 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 There you go. See, I don't even know the guy's name. Nobody does. Nobody cares. Fuck that guy. He doesn't matter. Right? So think about this. 
who's throwing it to him? That's my point, right? I'm messing up the guy's name on, on and and here I am. I don't even know who this guy is. Half the team doesn't know who this guy is. Come on. So CeeDee Lamb, if you bought this guy high, which you probably drafted him in your first round because you thought that him and Dak were going to blow it up, I would be definitely trying to see who's the weak link in your league so you could try to trade him and steal him, you know, steal something away and get something for this guy. But there's no... There's no way that I'm going to have to be able to to justify putting him in the lineup this week or for the next couple of weeks, maybe, you know. So for me, it's got to be C.D. Lamb. Ooh, yeah, I'm a C.D. Lamb owner and I'm just hoping for the best from Cooper Russ. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Bombo. So who's your must sit of the week? So I'm taking it back to L.A. with the Rams as well. And I'm seeing a theme here with the Rams and Cowboys picks. I think these were two offenses that we expected a lot of fantasy relevant players to be going off. And yeah, we have the injuries in Dallas, but with the Rams, it was, it seems like they just, they're still in the preseason just trying to get it together. And my sits of the week are any part of the Rams rushing game. So if you were smart and you got yourself a Cam Akers as you're running back to, and then Later on in your draft, you got Henderson as the handcuff and you probably think you're sitting pretty, but honestly, Henderson doesn't have big playability and coaches already came out and said they need more from Cam Akers. And to be honest, if there's one thing that Atlanta did well this last game is they stopped the Saints rushing attack pretty well outside of one gadget play from Taysom Hill. They were, they had Kamara and Ingram pretty bottled up. And they had to air it out against that team. I just don't see that offensive line opening up any holes. I don't see any explosiveness coming from Henderson. I think that McVay is going to have to dig into his bag of tricks and try to get these guys open in space somehow. And hopefully he lit a fire under Cam Akers to do something. But I just don't see it happening in one week or 10 days, actually. So um, I think they're going to have a harder time with Atlanta. I think it's going to be a big dose of Cooper Cup, like an like an overdose of Cooper Cup. And I'm just staying away from that backfield until we get some clarity or until they ding, 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 make a trade for a guy like Kareem Hunt or Alexander Madison, someone that's out there that's been on the trade block. But we'll see. That's a good Damn, call, yeah. Bumbo. Yeah, get, imagine yeah. Kareem Hunt on the Rams. I mean, he could probably do oh, everything that McVay cool. wants to do, right? Yeah, fuck those Big picks, time. right? They, they'll, yeah, they'll I mean, trade. he was the man, dude, they in Kansas City. I drafted that fool like third his rookie year. Third overall, everyone fucking looked at me like I was crazy, and he blew up week one against New England. That guy's a stud. He needs to be on <laughs> the is. field, really. Yeah, no, yeah. I I never thought of that that way. That's good, good thinking. And he wants out, right? He's disgruntled and he wants out. And Bombo, yeah, you're right. To your point, fuck those picks because that's how the Rams think. They don't care about the picks. They just reload. They don't get anything through the draft that much. So, yeah, no, excellent, excellent one. All right, boys, keeping this train rolling, we're going to go to our injuries for the week. Last week, week one, as King said at the opening, you know, you can't overreact, but... Unfortunately, in some cases, we had a lot of injuries. It was kind of a weird week and guys went down, right? We had tons of guys go down. Uh, a couple guys to note, like you you have uh, a guy like T. Higgins going down, Dak Prescott, we mentioned, uh, Harrison Butker, the kicker, Keenan Allen for the Chargers, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Eliza Mitchell, Chris Godwin, and DeAndre Swift, who might be back we don't know we know that Najee's kind of maybe back guys so 
What do you guys think from a, you know, just like a, a discussion standpoint, who do you guys think is kind of the, those injuries that are going to be nagging all season and, and, and we kind of got to stay away from them. We got to, we got to kind of wait and see. I think the ones that hurt are two is Dak Prescott and Elijah Mitchell because they're on the IR. Well, Dak didn't hit the IR, and that's just Jerry Jones being an idiot. And he's going to rush him back. Right, like they're they refusing. But, but I think those two are the major ones to really, you know, concern yourself with at this point. You know, just touching on what you brought up earlier, King, with Najee, he didn't finish a really important overtime divisional game. And he was in, from what they're saying, he was in a walking boot. He says he's fine right now, but how you go from a walking boot on a Sunday in a big game to now I'm fine and I'm ready to play the next Sunday. Well, were you guys, any of you guys, were you guys watching the game when he got hurt? No, I think you told me that it looked really bad though. Well, the reason it looked bad is because he was like reeling in pain. Like holding his head, rolling around on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit. And this guy's a stud, dude. So next thing you know, he stood up because everyone came running out to him. And then he stood up and tried to run off the field, but he couldn't put any weight on it. And he went right in the, they sat him on the bench. They showed him, they took his shoe off. He grabbed his shoe and fucking threw it. And then they, they carted him into the locker room. So I, I now they they were saying that it was a re-injury from the injury that he had during the preseason, and and then they kind of backtracked on that. It's called it an ankle, and now I'm hearing that it's the foot again, like where the injury, the original injury. And I think that's a so good we don't know to bring up. T is that you know there's so many different speculations out there, and the reality is, is football teams don't want people to know. They want to be exactly. as vague as they possibly can because that's an advantage for the other team. So if they right. have to prepare for Najee, that's taking away from some other preparation. So they know that they don't, it's, there's so many different reports right now. We're not going to know till Sunday. We're going to really know. And he's, he supposedly he practiced today. I can't see this, them wanting to practice him on Thursday in full. I would want to wait till Friday and then have a short day with him Saturday. You know what I mean? So I don't even know if those reports are right. See, and, and to your point earlier, you know, yes, Elijah Mitchell and Dak are kind of like the longer term injuries, but this could be a season long type of nagging injury with Najee. So for well, every fantasy in, owner, myself, in reality, guys, I got a feeling that like in the next week or two, they're just going to say, you know what? We're shutting him down. He's got to have surgery. Yeah. Even yeah. if he doesn't have another uh, like episode of injury, you know what I mean? Because he's not the same. Why would you only give him the ball I, 10 times in that game? That's your best player. You want him to touch the ball, right? You don't want that other guy to come and spell him. That guy almost outrushed him. So uh, I'm just saying to me, I think it's going to be really quick. What happens? Like, I don't think it's going to be all year. I think they're probably going to see how he goes the next couple of weeks and then just say, fuck it, shut him down. Cause right. I mean, you know, you know I don't know. The, the other the other guy that kind of stands out for me too, which a lot of fantasy owners have, and you know we touched on him a little bit during our divisional conversations was Keenan Allen, right? He's getting up there in age, and now he's got a hamstring injury. And guys, I mean, this could be one of those nagging hamstring injuries that's going to last for a few weeks for this guy. He's he's been shut down for the you know week two, and. 
I don't know. It's going to, it's a wait and see with this guy, but a lot of fantasy owners picked him pretty high. And so now that, that means they're having to go deep and substitute him out. You know, well, you I think, think it's the same that? boat for Chris Godwin because they were both ranked probably about the same, probably drafted right around the same time. And guys took True. a chance already with Godwin's knee. Now he blows out his right. hammy. You know what and I mean? So, are, there, there isn't a, a healthy wide receiver besides Russell Gage practicing all week. And Russell, but Gage, they, that's what I'm saying. He, he just hit the crack. practice field. So he's they, the only they, guy they, they, on the practice field, so he's healthy enough yeah. to get out. Yeah. He's, he's the Julio's only sitting. Practicing. Evans is sitting. Well, oh, okay. You know, now that you said that too, man, before we do anything else, dude, I want to get my pub to Julio, dude. He played his fucking ass off. Fuck yeah, sit him down. Sit that old man down all week, dog. He Give him a fast. beer. He was good, dude. He looked in shape. Yeah, he looked good. good, dude. And he made a fucking diving catch like a monster. Fuck, dude. Julio fucking looked good. I'm just saying, dude. I just thought he would be irrelevant kind of guy, but he's he had it. Yeah, sit him all fucking. No, we don't even make the practice. Though. He's huh? already hurt. He's got a knee injury right now. Of course, dude. So that's he's why old. they have banged seen. his knee on the mm-hmm. turf, dude. Let him sit the whole week, dude. He don't need to practice. Fuck, he's, he's gonna be a you gamer. Bring him out there. Game day, bring dog. him out there. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. wheel him out of fucking game time. Juice him up with some fucking shots. Run him, him out. There, yeah, give dog. him a rascal. <laughs> All right, boys. So uh, with all that said, that leads us into our waiver wire discussion, right? And these are guys that we're going to have to grab off of our waiver wires just because of injuries. You know, you may have had some of those guys. You may have gotten hurt really bad because of guys' injuries. So King, who is that waiver wire that you're going to reach for this week? Well, I'm going to throw a little addendum out there. You know, you draft a team thinking, okay, these guys are going to be good, man. Even my bench guy's got a shot. And then when it comes down to it, man, those fuckers really didn't look good in the week. And you see guys on the waiver wire that could probably improve your overall team. So it's not necessarily for injury. Maybe it's just for improvement. But I think one guy that people sort of wrote off was a guy that I touched on earlier who, to me, is probably he was drafted in 6% of the leagues in ESPN. So that tells you how many guys played him this week. That's probably absolutely zero. But Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is going to get these numbers all year. He's a sort of same kind of guy like DJ Moore. He's a little bit quarterback proof only because they throw him the little short screen shit. Last year, he was playing at about 180 pounds trying to come back from his injury. He's almost 200 now. So he built up his body in the offseason during last season. He's working on keeping the weight on. And I think it's going to help him throughout the year. And I saw a couple plays where it seemed like he almost ran over guys. So I, I think that's a good pickup. Jump on him now. Don't wait for him to have another week. He's going to be pretty much a solid guy you could plug in there if you need him. Curtis Samuel. It's a bold pick, Cotton. But it's actually really good. I like that one. All right. I'm going to go with my waiver wire guy of the week. So my guy is Devin Duvernay, rostered on 2.5% of overall ESPN rosters. I mean, this guy, yes, okay, he only had four targets for 54 yards, but two of those targets were for touchdowns. You know, he's number three on the depth chart, but now, I don't know, as the season goes on and the season continues, he could end up being the wide receiver two on that roster. And I got to say, guys, I mean, pick him up now, kind of stash him. If, you know, even if you're a little bit deep, stash him. Why not? Right. By the end of the season, who knows? 
he can be start to blow up and you could plug him in as a good flex. So for me, Duvernay is the guy. Bombo, who do you got? All right, gentlemen, stop me if you've heard this before. The San Francisco starting running back blows out his knee early in the season and they rush to the bench to see who can take his place. And that person blows up for a couple weeks, rinse and repeat. It happened again. Eli Mitchell goes down in that monsoon. Eli Mitchell goes down in that monsoon that we saw against Chicago. Jeff Wilson came in, and Jeff Wilson is is one of the top guys on this coaching staff's list. They really trust him with the ball, trust him with ball protection, pass protection, and he's coming. He's a year removed from really bad knee injury himself because he was that guy, and then Mostert took over for him. <laughs> that, and then I was going to say that when you were Mostert. saying that, I was like, "Fuck, is that yeah. Jeff Wilson you're talking about?" So, so now Jeff Wilson has gone full circle. Everybody <laughs> knows with these running backs and some of these speed players, you're once you're a year removed, you get a good full year and a good training camp in you can get your legs back he's a one-cut runner in the zone running scheme and the coaching staff trusts him i'm not saying he's going to go in there and light it up and be a league winner but he's now you can now get a starting running back an every week starting running back off the waiver wire i want to say his ownership in espn leagues jumped 56 percent this week so everybody was sleeping on him but everybody knows if you have if you're involved with a little bit of San Francisco's backfield, you got to be all in. You got to have everybody scouted that's on that that's in that depth chart because at any time one of those guys could take over. And at the same time that you're picking up Jeff Wilson, start putting feelers out for the rest of the guys. I want to say Tyrion Price and Mason that is on their team as well. These are a couple of rookies, and we know with San Francisco rookies could play a, a really important role keeping these backs fresh. I'm really concerned with the amount of hits that Trey Lance was taking on some of the run choices that he was doing. So I think that the coaching staff is going to sit that offense down and be like, Hey, let's ride Jeff Wilson. Let's try to ease up some of these hits that the quarterback's taking. Let's try to ease up some of the hits that Debo's taking and let's ride his legs up while they can. So I got Jeff Wilson. You want to say you can put him in there in the flex running back too until he like it's. Yeah. That whole backfield is plug and play there, Bombo. So that's a really, really good call. I like that. All right, guys. So we're going to transition into where at this point, we're going to start having for all the listeners, we're going to start covering our DFS. So for those of you out there that do participate in the DFS, whether it's on DraftKings or FanDuel, we got you covered. We're playing ourselves every single week. And so we're going to just kind of go through our lineup and who we're taking in our DFS lineups and kind of throw it out there and just kind of show you kind of what we're we're trying to to accomplish and and you know just we got a little bit of skin in the game while we're playing too so king why don't you throw us out who you got in your dfs relevant lineups yeah no i'm i mean this week i think it's like i said i think there's some pretty hopefully some mismatches out there that are going to be really lopsided teams that didn't do well and want to do a little bit better this week. So like I said before, I, I really like Cincinnati over Dallas this week. So I went with Joe Burrow at my quarterback. You know, it's a little high price, 7,900, but it's worth it for me. And I, I think the other thing too that I realized is I just want, I want to stack him, you know, because I think he's going to have such a big game. The only guy, the really healthy guy is Jamar Chase. And I already said he's going to be the start of the week for me. So I stacked him with Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase was $8,700. My running backs, Antonio Gibson and Jeff Wilson Jr. You still get Wilson at a, a cheap price until he does something. So his matchup against Seattle is pretty good. You know what I mean? I hate this, you know, thing that they got these guys, these teams are ranked 
you know, already after the first week, but it's basically on pure stats. You know what I mean? But Seattle's ranked 18th against the run, so he's got a good matchup. So my my receivers, my other receivers, I was Jamar Chase, was Christian Kirk, Michael Thomas. You know, I went a little bit cheap on my tight end here, and I was just thinking, you know, same thing. There's just not many healthy guys on the team, so I took Cameron Brait on the cheap and got him for 4900 bucks. Hope he gets a gift touchdown or something. You know what I mean? And Jerry Judy, I know we all like him in our lineups, and I think his value is there still. I think he proved that he's got the speed because he split that fucking defense and ran right through him. And I took the Rams defense on a little bit of a comeback against Atlanta. I think they're going to show up a little bit more this week. I think they got embarrassed on national TV. I think they're better than that. I don't know if they could have ever really, I don't think they could have beat Buffalo, but they could have made it a better game for sure. And they didn't even show up. So I think they're going to show up this week and really uh, smash Atlanta's ass. But that's just me. But that's my lineup. That's a pretty good lineup. I like that. There's there's definitely some some really good picks in there, especially, you know, you're kind of saving a little bit of money because you're on certain picks that still can perform for you. And, you know, you're using that money on other areas. So I really like that. Bombo, who do you got for your lineup this week? All right. Shout out to these gentlemen on the show who have put me on to DFS, but uh, I caught on pretty quick and I feel like I spent my 60000 really well. I'm going with Russ versus the Texans at 7,800. I mean, 7,500. Everybody admitted that that fourth down go for a 64-yard field goal was the wrong thing. And if you got your coach coming out and saying it was the wrong choice, I think now you're kind of forced to let Russ cook and he's going to cook against the Texans. And that's why I stacked him with Jerry Judy as one of my wide receivers at 6,300. King said it all. Just he can get open. He's big play. He's electric. And, you know, I think him and Russ are developing a chemistry. It is a one game sample size, but hey, give me them against the Texans. I went for at my running back. I went pretty expensive, pretty cheap. So I went mixing against the Cowboys. Mixon's getting elite usage, right him to the wheels fall off. I got him at 8,300. Then I went for the comeback story of the year so far in Robinson for the Jags against the Colts at 6,800. He's a goal line option. Uh, he's catching passes out of the backfield. I think they're trying to bring Etienne in comfortably into that offense. And I think they're playing with house money because Robinson came back so quickly. I did my spending with good old Mr. Devontae Adams at 8,800 at my other wide receiver. My third wide receiver is Josh Dotson against the Lions. The Lions give up big plays and Dotson scored two touchdowns. And this is a rookie that they're really high on when in the first round, first first receiver off the board. And he's playing in a lot of snaps. The guy doesn't come off the field. So He's one of those weapons we were talking about that Carson Wentz has and watch out for Washington. For tight end, I went cheap just like King and I went with Ertz versus Las Vegas. As a Raider fan, we cannot stop tight ends. Ertz has elite route running. He's got hands and right now he's kind of the only show in town when it comes to pass catchers in Arizona. So I'm with Ertz at 5,200. My flex is Gibson versus the Lions. He's just getting a lot of great usage. They're throwing, them, they're throwing passes out of the backfield. He's getting all those good running back touches within the 10-yard line in the red zone. And Lions can't stop a nosebleed. And for my defense, I went Panthers versus the Giants to bounce out with a $4,200 price. I just don't have any faith in Danny Dimes. They pulled one out against Tennessee, but I think the Panthers are just a better team defensively against what they have going on the offensive end, minus Saquon Barkley. But Danny Dimes versus the Panthers defense, give me that all day. All right, Bombo, you know, I really like uh, some of those picks over there, getting some Jerry Judy 
over there and, and putting him with Russ like that, a little stacking. Both of you guys are stacking. I feel like I'm a little left out here because I don't I don't really stack. But for my quarterback, you know, I kind of called this guy out as my top performer of last week. And, you know, Carson Wentz versus Detroit. Right. I think it's a very favorable matchup at 7,400. I think it's a steal. You know, I, I got to go with that, that hot hand. Let's see what he can do. And again, backing up, putting my money where my mouth is literally Zeke Elliott. I got Zeke going off as my running back against Cincinnati, 7,100. I think it's still a little bit high for a guy like Zeke, but I went for it. And I followed that up with Henderson versus KC at 6,200. I, I think that was going to be a better matchup. So I had to go for that one. I got Christian Kirk against Indy at 6,500, which I thought was a bargain, to be honest with you, at his price. I think the upside for him in that matchup is going to be excellent. And Michael Thomas, we didn't really touch on him, you know, at all in this conversation this week, guys. But, you know, he he really did really well in his first game back in, in what, two years? So him against Tampa, yes, that Tampa defense is for real, but that offense really isn't much. And I think that defense is going to get tired out if the offense just can't get going because everybody's hurt. So, you know, for me, Michael Thomas at 7,000 is really good. And then I put him with Jerry Judy against Houston, 6,300. That's a steal for Jerry Judy for me. Then I got OJ Howard as my tight end against Denver, 5,000. That's to me, he's serviceable. I mean, he came out of nowhere. The ghost of OJ Howard scored. Uh, so I really like him as a tight end. And then I went out on a limb and I spent the, uh, a lot of money on a flex and I got me Cooper Cup against Atlanta. He's going to feast, right? You know, they keep throwing him the ball, as King was mentioning, 17 to 18 to 19 times a game. And, and until Allen Robinson actually proves anything, he's going to continue to get the ball. So for 9,700, yeah, I got to go with that route. And then for my defense, I went a little bit, bit budget on the defense, but I like the matchup. It's Browns versus the Jets at 4,700, right? And, you know, I don't expect much out of the Browns, but the Browns have always had a pretty solid D and the Jets I mean, the Jets are the Jets. You know, they're not going to light anybody up, I don't think. And so for 4,700, yeah, why not? And I had a balance of 100 left. So, yeah, I thought that was a pretty decent lineup for my DFS of the week. Well, everyone, that's pretty much going to wrap us up for this episode of Fantasy Island. Hope everybody got something out of this. Hopefully uh, from the DFS all the way to who to start, who to sit. And, uh, you know, maybe next week Bombo's ass won't hurt so much. Anyways, uh, any of you guys have one last thing to say before we wrap this thing up? Hey, before we cut out, guys, I just I got to give a shout out to a couple of fantasy guys. One of them, Saquon Barkley, dog. This dude hasn't played in two years. He blew up the first week. So I want to give a shout out to Saquon. And I got to give a shout out to your boy, Patrick Mahomes. He blew up, had five touchdowns the first week. Everybody thought he's going to do shit because he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. He's going to have a huge year, guys. Go ahead and sign us off, T. I just wanted to give those guys props because they had great weeks. We really didn't touch on them. No, no, you're right there, King. And and yeah, he he blew up this week. And that that was that was amazing showing showing out. Just just really great for him. So with that said, I'm Sweet T for RW King and Bombo. We are out. Peace.